church family? This is part two of our study this week through Nehemiah chapter 8. And if you remember that um, yesterday, as I was just kind of walking through this chapter, um, I said that the main really emphasis here is the effect of God's Word in the lives of the people. Uh, God's Word is what makes people uh, more like Him. The more you know God's Word, the more you're going to be like Him. And in our world, there seems to be a diminishing view and value of God's Word, especially those outside the church. And we expect that because they're dead in their sin. They have no desire for things of the Lord. But then, sadly, even in churches today, there is a... um, a low view of preaching uh, from God's Word. Uh, there's a lot of places now that, that really wanted people to, you know, they would ask around even on Sunday morning, what do you think this passage means as opposed to what the uh, what God wants us to know uh, what the passage means. Uh, the Bible is looked down upon, and if the Bible is looked down upon, preaching is doubly so. Uh, people really don't like preaching, especially those outside the church, and even sometimes inside the church, because preaching involves telling someone and exhorting people and sometimes confronting sin and rebuking and uh, all of these different things. You're telling people to change the way that they live. Uh, it's, it's telling them to, to, to repent of their lifestyle, whatever it may be, and, and conform their lives to what the book has to say. So preaching, and uh, preaching is diminished in our perspective, in our world's perspective, and uh, God's word, and is, which is a re- result of a low view of Scripture. But one of the blessings of this church that we have is that we have a high view of Scripture. Um, at least that's what I would hope that in our church called SF Bible, San Francisco Bible Church, that there is a high view of God's Word. And although we may be teaching God's Word faithfully, sometimes us as listeners may not necessarily view preaching as significant. Now, I want to argue from this uh, this week uh, the importance of God's Word in different contexts, but um, the first is really uh, the preaching of God's Word. The importance of God's Word is first that it needs to be preached. It needs to be delivered from the preacher uh, to the people of God so that they can grow in Christ-likeness. Ephesians chapter 4 tells us that the pastor's role is supposed to teach to equip people so that they can be mature to serve the body. So we see that here, uh, chapter 8, uh, verse 1. And all the people gathered as one man at the square which was in front of the water gate, and they asked Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses which the Lord had given to Israel. Now what is really interesting here is that the people wanted it. Uh, uh, throughout this chapter, um, or throughout this book, uh, they were just building this wall. And at one point when they were building a wall, they were confronted with their sin. Uh, they were sending their kids off uh, to slavery so they could pay off debt. And um, Nehemiah tells them that it's a sin and that they need to get over it. Uh, but for some reason, uh, you know, and actually by God's grace, they listened. And now, once they finish building this uh, wall, um, they want to hear God's word. They want God's word to be preached. Uh, to them. They, they, they said that since we're faithful in all these other areas, we need to hear God's word. And that's so encouraging uh, to see uh, because uh, these people want to conform their lives to scripture. And if you contrast that to nowadays when we think about um, preaching, uh, there's a tendency in, mo- in a lot of modern churches that they only want to hear what is what's what's um, what would cater to their flesh. Sometimes it's the current event. Sometimes it's just uh, a get uh, a pro- like a prosperity type of teaching or some sort of self-help type preaching. And this is what Paul warns against in 2 Timothy 4, 
uh, verse 1 through, it says, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead and by his, his appearance and his kingdom. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction, for the time will come. Uh, when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they have accumulated for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires, and will turn away their ears from truth and will turn aside to myth. See, this is the reality, and it's really prophetic when Paul is saying that these people, these false teachers will come, and there will be people, uh, not even false teachers, but just the congregation as a whole, will not strive to want to know God's word. These people in, in Nehemiah chapter 8, they, they're not that. They want to know God's word. You have to ask yourself this question. Which of the two are you? Are you the category in Nehemiah chapter 8? Or are you the people that Paul talks about in 2 Timothy 4? When you hear preaching, are you excited to, and to want to know what God's word have to say so you can grow in godliness, so you can know God more, so you can communion with the Lord more in your private uh, devotional times, so you can worship God better? Or do you want to just hear... Uh, the latest fad or something that would help you in your daily life and just the practical thing as opposed to the spiritual aspect. Again, that's not to say that the Bible doesn't give practical lifestyle things, uh, but, it, but it's primarily focused on the heart so that you can grow in your affections to the Lord. Verse 2, Then Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, women and all, uh, men, women and all who could could listen with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. Uh, what's very interesting about this uh, passage is that they're saying anyone could listen. So, I mean, obviously the only ones that would be excluded would be babies. Not that they were excluded from going there, but just that the, uh, everyone that was able to listen, they were there. There weren't anyone that uh, that did not, that, there wasn't anyone that could not comprehend things and, and um, did not show up. Everyone showed up. And in fact, in Deuteronomy 31, uh, verse 10 to 13 says that the, there has to be a public reading of scripture after every seven years. And, you know, they haven't done this uh, for years, uh, centuries. Uh, so they figured, okay, this will be a good time to do it. So they, they asked Ezra. And this Ezra is the same Ezra as the one in the book of Ezra. This is about 14 years after, the, um, after Ezra's appearance in Ezra chapter 7. And he's here uh, to be able to teach them God's word. Verse 3, uh, he read from it before the square, which was in front of the water gate, from early morning until midday in the presence of men and women, those who could understand and all the people were attentive to the book of the law. And he's teaching them these things. And he read, there was this public reading of scripture. And uh, this, depending on where you're at and what your affections are or, or your understanding of church, it says here that he read from early morning until midday. Now you have to understand what they were doing at that time was reading from Genesis all the way to Deuteronomy, the first five books of the Bible. They read through the whole thing in, in, one, in one take. It, took, it would take you hours to do. Um, but I think it's very interesting. It's like they went and they were attentive. Uh, they went and they wanted to hear God's word. This, thing, this whole service, worship service, took four to five hours or, or more. And um, they wanted to do it. They wanted to keep learning for four or five hours at a time. There was no stopping because they wanted to hear God's word. I think in modern times, a lot of people think that, well, preaching needs to be only be short. And I know this podcast, this podcast is not really considered a sermon. This is a devotional type of podcast. I could keep it as short as I like or as long as I want. 
but uh, in our general worship time of preaching, whether it's Fridays or Sundays, uh, we generally keep it to fuff an hour long. And that's actually, relatively speaking, a very, that's very long. In a lot of modern day churches, only about 10 to 15 minutes. I've visited some of these churches and they really just talk about something random. They tell a joke here and there and it's 10, 15 minutes over and then that's it. In fact, one time Steve Lawson shared a story in seminary how um, he says that people need to preach longer because the people need more spiritual food. And one lady came up to him after he preached and he, he, he said, how, uh, why, do you, why are your sermons so long? It's, it, and he said, well, it's really depending on the, the cup that's receiving it. If it's a little cup, then it can only hold so little. But if you're a bucket, then a long sermon uh, is going to take a while to fill up. And I think that's how it should be. The more you have a heart for God, the more the preaching should, uh, you should want to learn more and more because it's will to fill your heart with his word. They were attentive. They wanted to know God. Verse 4, Ezra describes stood at the wooden podium, which they had made for the, for the purpose. As beside him stood Matthiah, Shema, Ananiah, Uriah, Hilkiah, and Messiah on his right, and Pedidiah, Mishael, Mech. Micaiah, Masham, Hashbaidanai, Zachariah, Meshulam, and on his left. So uh, I remember once uh, when I when again when I first got into seminary, someone I, I don't know some people like to like challenge seminary students, thinking that the, a first year seminary student somehow is supposed to know everything. But the one guy decided to come up to me. I don't think he was being just obnoxious, but he asked me like, "Hey, where in the Bible does it say about?" the pulpit and at the time I didn't really know this passage and it didn't really come to mind and he pointed to me like oh look see this is the way we get the idea of a pulpit this is why we stand in a pulpit this is why we have a high priority pulpit haha ha, first year seminary student you you're a loser and I read this thinking well Jesus did not use a wooden pulpit you know he's when he was teaching he sat in this context he stood with for Nehemiah so it really doesn't it's not really the pulpit the wooden thing that matters it's the teaching of God's word is what is most important not the wooden podium um, you know some people I've known some great preachers that preached without podiums uh, George Whitfield preaching a field uh, and, and oftentimes he wouldn't have anything with him um, uh, uh, I've seen uh, MacArthur on uh, certain occasions to preach just with a Bible, and there's no podium. So it's not really the podium that makes uh, the difference, but rather the preaching and teaching of God's Word. Um, and this, and he's there. And then you notice here in Ezra, there's like a group of people on his left and his right. And the reason why they're there is because you have to understand they didn't have amplifications like we do. So they, as he teaches it, as, he, as, he, as he's reading it and explaining the text, these individuals are supposed to do just that. They're supposed to ex, uh, go on and explain some more. Uh, they're supposed to help people hear it uh, from that far away. And uh, again, this is designed uh, with a purpose so that everyone can hear God's word. Uh, verse 5, Ezra opened the book in the sight of all people, and he was standing above all the people, and when the, and when he opened it, all the people stood up. So, you know, he's, so if you visualize that he's in, behind a wooden pulpit, and he's elevated into like a platform. And that's actually c kind of the reason why even our church and most churches have that. Whether you realize or not, yes, there's a, a, um, a like a practical reason on why the stage is lifted so that everyone can see them, but it's, it's more than that. It's actually supposed to be that when you're elevated, it's not that you're elevating the preacher. It's supposed to be a symbolic gesture that, that you're looking up to God and God's word is being poured down onto you. That you're, that you're humbly below God, God's word and you're le learning it. 
Um, and it's interesting if we were to use this as a template of our church, then the preacher could be should be standing as well as the people uh, in the congregation. So if you're wondering about uh, whether or not you know the church had pews or chairs, well, back then they just stood there. Um, so we should be thankful that we have chairs. Verse 6, then Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, 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 while lifting up their hands, and they bowed low and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Um, so as he was teaching and blessing the Lord, he's like revealing uh, um, who God is and the message about who he is, the people's heart uh, um, caused them to bow down. This word worship, it actually means like a reverence of the heart, like their, their heart was... Uh, it made them. It had. It, it made their minds think about great things of the Lord, and made them realize how small they are. And it, it casted them into the ground and bowed down to worship the Lord. And this is with their faces on the ground. This shows. This is a gesture of humility that they are not worthy uh, of worshiping this one God. Um, and as we're saying that the, his message it, it has this high view of God. It it, it elevated him, and it, it showed us who we are in relative to who God is. And you know, that's what all of our pastors here, what we hope to do. Our hope is always to actually try to make sure that you as a congregation have a high view of God. And every time we preach, it's supposed to make you feel small. Not that like the pastor itself is not uh, supposed to feel small either. We're all supposed to be convicted by God's word. And we're all supposed to have a right, a better understanding of who we are and who God is. And that bigger view and perspective of God is going to make the individual convicted and feel small and humble. That's what's supposed to happen. Uh, verse 7, Then Joshua, Bani, Sherebib, Jan, and Akuba, Sherebatiah, Hodiah, Messiah, Kelta, Azariah, Jozebed, Hannah, Hebedah, and Levite, the Levites explained the law to the people while the people remained in their place. Um, so again, back then, they needed the uh, other people to help them explain the text because again, the like, amplification is uh, is is not something that's easy. They didn't have speakers back then. They read from the book, from the law, translating to give a sense so that they understood the reading. It was really cool because you know Ezra, he was someone that studied God's word. He trained the Levites. He trained these Levites so that when he's teaching them, other people. Um, other people who may not understand, they may not have access to Ezra because, you know, Ezra's for, for maybe physically further away, but he's trained up enough people so that other people can explain the scriptures to them. And, you know, this is what the highest priority of a pastor is. The highest prior priority for the pastor, um, for all of us at SFBC, all of the pastors, our highest priority is actually to study God's word and to teach you God's word. Our job is to make sure that you know who he is and know God's word. 2 Timothy 2, verse 15 said, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of God. And Acts chapter 6, verse 4 tells us that the people, um, the, the, you know, the elders and leaders, they delegated um, the task of passing food around to other people while the, the, while the apostles devoted their time to prayer and the ministry of God's word. I'm very thankful that our elders and our church, especially our elders, that when I got hired, that, that yes, there are other responsibilities I have, but they really wanted all of us to be uh, students of God's Word. Um, all of us, Pastor Henry, Pastor Roger, myself, 
if you were to ask us what we're studying, we're, we're studying something and we're always preparing something for some sort of fellowship group, some sort of Sunday school or Sunday message. And it is a privilege for us every single week to do this. Uh, we, spend, we devote our time to, to, to understand the background, the languages, and then we spend time crafting the message so that you guys will know God's word. In fact, if we fail to do that, if we, if, if we aren't doing these things, you should fire us because God's word is most important. Now, that, with that said, our job is to teach and preach God's word so that other people who knows God's word can also teach it as well. This is 2 Timothy 2.2. Our hope is that as every time we hear a sermon preached, that you get equipped to, to minister to other people who we may not be able to minister to. You know, there's like 350 people in our church. There's no way that we can counsel all 350. So we, we we're teaching you and in in hope that you become mature so you can teach other immature believers so that they could be mature. This is the, the part of discipleship in the context of the church. Our job as pastors and teachers of God's word is so that you guys can be equipped to continue doing that. Um, there's just a, a practical reality that we aren't able to meet with every single individual to go through the same text every single time. That's what preaching is so significant because it's our way to equip people in a broad scope. Um, <coughs> there are churches that are that actually don't have a high view of, of, of preaching and God's word and what they usually expect of their pastors basically become a glorified event planner. They want the pastors to just plan everything or to figure out all the logistical things. And then that, that cripples the church and stunts the growth of the church because it fails to understand that the priority of the pastor is to teach the, you God's word in whatever setting, but primarily the preaching of God's word. Uh, so as we think about uh, preaching, I think the question you ask yourself is, how do you think about preaching? What are your attitudes towards it? Especially now in our COVID-19 time where we're, when we, when we can listen to a whole bunch of sermons online or we can um, you know, go to Sunday service, we, tend, uh, we can be tempted to be lazy. You know, so, oh, I could just listen to this message later or I could listen to it um, not as attentively because I can just pause it and I can, you know, you know the, the act of it, um, the preaching is different because we're, you know, sheltered place. And I understand this is just a very extreme and unique circumstance. But I do think that that is a, a revealing the situation, the circumstance actually reveals what's already in your heart. Um, because if you truly love the teaching God's word, you will always be focused no matter what's going on around you. Um, it doesn't matter if it's uh, if you're sheltered in place at home or you're in person. God's word is being preached. That's God speaking to you. And we need to have a high view of that. Um, and, and the people here in Nehemiah chapter 8 wanted to, pre wanted to learn. They wanted the preacher to teach them God's word. And we... Uh, as, our, as, a, as a church, are supposed to do exactly the same. Uh, we want to be able to grow in our desire to, desi uh, to, to learn God's word, to have a high view of him. We need to take the, the, the aspect of preaching very seriously. And I mean that by both as a preacher and as one listening to preaching. Uh, preaching God's word is, is where God is made known to us because that's how he, he, that's how he wanted us to know. That's why in... in um, Second Timothy tells us to preach the word, not to have discussions over the word, or or, or ask or, or ask questions. We were called to preach the word, um, and that's the important job of the pastor. 
And it is important as well as a listener to God's word that we, we want to listen to it so that we can know God, so that we can worship God better. True worship only comes when you understand who he is and if you understand him rightly. And that's what, the, what was going on in Nehemiah chapter 8. The people heard God's word read and preached to them and they understood it and it broke them. It made them have a bigger heart of worship and they bowed down and worshiped him. And I hope, and my challenge for you this week, uh, when we go to church on Sunday, or when you listen to the sermon online, that you ask God to give you grace to be able to receive His Word in a way that would um, honor Him, in a way that would make you love Him and devote your life more to Him. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. Uh, I look forward to the next study tomorrow, which is uh, the importance of God's Word. How do we make it important in our life? We need to delight in God's Word. Thanks for listening. Have a good day.